to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome, and let's get started. As many of you know, my involvement with the Mankind Project and my work in the field of men's personal development has given me so many gifts in life, my mission and life path, my voice, my clarity as to who I am and what I offer the world. In addition, this work has given me incredible mentors along my hero's journey, men who have had my best interest in growth as their lens and who have counseled me from a place of understanding, fierce compassion, and wisdom. And I have had many of these men on my show, John Wilson, Bob Bear, Eric Hansen, Earl Hip, Mark Jackson, and Chris Pallas, to name a few. And today's guest is another one of my mentors, a man who modeled for me how a mature man walks through the world in his heart, in his mission, with authenticity and humor. And my blessing to you, dear listeners, that you draw to yourself and seek out men and women who can offer you the wisdom of their years, someone who sees you and your gifts and helps you live courageously and in alignment with who you want to be for the world. I hope you enjoy the interview. Glenn Gordon is an executive coach, graduate of the Cronkite School of Journalism, and works with individuals, couples, and executives teaching better listening skills and the neuroscience behind coaching. Glenn has been a leader in the area of men's personal development and was a mentor of mine when I needed mature and wise guidance. Here is my interview with Glenn Gordon. All right. I am here with Glenn Gordon, leader, men's leader, uh, executive coach, mentor, Glenn Gordon. Glenn, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Tony, it is so good to see you after all of these years. Absolutely. You know, you you have definitely been a mentor to me way back in the New York Mankind Project days. Uh, we were both initiated in that organization and then you you served uh, there for so long as, as center director and you staffed, you know, 65 staffings. And, uh, you know, I, I love to tell this story about you uh, to kick it off. Um, I was new to the Mankind Project. I didn't really know how to talk about, you know, how to get men in the on the weekend for this this brilliant, you know, initiation. I was so excited coming off there. And I had a friend who. I kept trying to get in. I would have conversations and he just would never bite. And I told you about it and you said, well, why don't you have, why don't the two of you call uh, at this time? And I'll just have a conversation with your friend uh, and you can listen in. And I go, okay, great. And so my friend's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll talk to this guy, Glenn. And so we call you up and it's like, you just like, so warrior, like cut right to the chase. You're like, I'm not going to say his name, but you're like, listen, if you trust this man, Tony, and you like what he's got going on, you like what you're seeing, then you just you just register. You just go on the weekend because this weekend's about getting out of your comfort zone. It's about starting a new chapter in your hero's journey. It's about being the man you want to be moving forward. And it was so spot on. And he just said, I'm in. Like he just like he could nobody could say no to that. And I was, and you know, and I listened in. I was like, damn it, that is how you do it. And, you know, I use that approach many, 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 many times in many different situations. So my, my first, my first uh, interaction with you is just thank you for showing me, you know, how to be straight with a man when you're making a request of something that's really going to help him. I mean, there was no pussyfooting around. 
And it just really helped me to, to see that. And, and I definitely see you as a mentor, as somebody that's not that much older than me, but, but you, you'd been at it a while. So thank you for that. And thank you for showing me that kind of communication. It, it made a huge difference for me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's funny. You know, sometimes people need a hug and sometimes they need a sword. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to listen deeply enough to understand which one to use. That's right. That way you, you, you picked it up right away. It's exactly what he needed. He was getting enough hugs. He needed the sword at that point. Yeah. I don't get it right all the time, but I have a pretty good batting average. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, you know, you, as I said at the top, you know, you, you, you were in this men's personal development with the mankind project and just in personal development in, in, in the broader sense, um, and how, I know it's a big question, but how, how did getting involved in the Mankind Project and really being in these conversations in these men's wisdom circles and staffing all this weekends, like how did it change the, the trajectory for you? Like what changed for you as a man, as you got older uh, in middle age and stuff? How, how did the involvement in MKP ultimately, what were the gifts that it brought that you brought out into your life? Well, it's an ongoing process and the gifts they still keep giving. Mm. And that's why I, you know, I've loved the organization over time. There are things that I, I can't see that I couldn't see that as I got more and more involved, I needed to see, I wanted to see. And multicultural was one of those things mm -hmm. where I, I, I didn't quite understand the inside of me and how I looked at people. Mm -hmm. And the Mankind Project was losing its black leaders, and that was problematic. And uh, they decided to put in a multicultural requirement as you got deeper into the leader track. Yeah. And, and what it did, it, it really helped me understand people that don't look like me. Right. And yeah. it, I, I, people come from different cultural backgrounds. And unless I'm paying attention, there's a chance that I could wound them. Yes. And there's a chance that I could not bring my life to a different level by engaging with them. So that, that was a part of the shift. Yeah. Uh, it was an opening into heart space mm -hmm. and getting out of my head. Yeah. And it also was a place where I found a mission. I create a world by, I create a world of freedom by leading and following and being authentic. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in places where I'm not being myself, I have to shape back to the moment and put my feet on the ground, be in the moment and listen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, leadership, it takes understanding and it takes listening. So these are lifetime skills and I use them every single day. What, what do you see as the, as the developmental edge right now for men? Has that changed a bit or, you know, like if you, I know it's hard to, to generalize and, and, and the, the tendency is to say, well, I see this in men and this is what's really going on with me. But what do you, what do you see as kind of the collective edge as, as, cause you've been in many, many conversations and you got to, I think a really good radar and pulse for what's happening with men. And what, what do you see as kind of, you know, maybe where we still collectively as men, as a tribe, sort of not, you know, we're not quite there or there's some blind spots that are just maybe not as developed uh, in us as you as maybe it would be possible. 
There's there's a deeper listening that needs to take place right now. There's a mm-hmm. conversation that is going on in the world that's not necessarily authentic. Okay. And men and women need to use their intellect to figure out what's true and what's not true. Yep. So the edge would be get in touch with your feelings, see if there is grief that needs to get resolved. Mm -hmm. And just from my own experience, two and a half years in this pandemic, uh, there's plenty of grief that's floating around in me. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's it's rekindle your joy, you know, get back out, get into the world, find your authenticity. Yeah. And the listening is really critical. Uh, Stanley Tatkin, uh, who's an author and a psychologist, he wrote a book called Wired for Love. And he's taken attachment theory, which is how you were attached as a child, either securely attached, uh, detached, or um, insecure. So then he took that, he brought in the neuroscience, and he's created a model for a couple bubble. And I use that in my, as I use that as a model in my coaching. Mm-hmm. And basically, what that says is, how am I going to co-regulate with the people that I'm in relationship with? Mm-hmm. So you know, you hear the term the reptilian brain or amygdala hijack, yeah. and when when that happens, it's like Star Trek. You know, all power to the front shields. Yeah, and and when when you're in a stressful situation your thought processes diminish your prefrontal cortex shifts and then you really you're, you're really in a reactive state so understanding like how that neuroscience works uh, to get yourself into relationship when you can co-regulate when your partner or your boss or your coworkers know that you're pinning a needle in one direction or another they know what to do and mm-hmm. vice versa Mm-hmm. And and that gets more into the we universe, uh, which is what's happening uh, currently. Yeah. You know, you, you touched on something there when you were talking about, you know, developing deeper listening, listening to understand. I still, you know, I'm 55 and I still think it's still the number one skill that I'm trying my best to develop. It has developed so slow. Like if you were to listen in on conversations between me and my wife and my son, it's sometimes there's just not a lot of listening and it's, you know, and I'm part of the problem. I'm short, you know, we're all kind of a little high, strong, high energy, (laughs) high energy. Right. (laughs) My wife and I lived in New York city for 10 years. So there's this kind of New Yorker edge of like, come on, come on, get to the description. And it's not, it's not particularly graceful. It's embarrassing, but it's, it's also something I'm trying to own and say, look, you know, I'm trying my best here. But, you know, you and I had this conversation a few days ago and I said, you know, you were saying, you know, deeply listening. And I said, you know, I'm still, when I listen to my wife, ready for the uh, point counterpoint. I'm coming back with a, <laughs> with a pithy, witty, like comeback of why I don't want to do that. And so, you know, I think for me, that is definitely the edge. Um, 
And I really admire people like my friend, Mark Jackson. Mark's an extremely good listener. He never cuts you off when you're talking. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to model, I'm, I'm grabbing, you know, some people that I know to model it after, but it doesn't come easily. There's just this immaturity of a shadow of, I'm not going to get my say so in or something. And it's, and it's, you know, the people around me kind of all have it in spades. So I don't know if that's resonates with you or you're, you're, you're further along with that. But I, I really struggle with that. And it's something I'm, I'm really like, if I could get better at one thing from here to the finish, you know, it would be better listening. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really problematic in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a leader in the mankind project and uh, he was, he was pretty ferocious and and he was not like a tall, big guy, but yeah. boy, he had spiritual content and he had that warrior edge and we would sit in a circle and to build our container, we would always check in. Mm-hmm. So the third person would be going and the fourth person would be thinking, all right, how am I going to look good? Like, what yeah. am I going to say? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and he would stop the circle and said, hold on, man. He said, this is really about listening. If you're sitting there thinking about what you're going to say, you're not listening. So cold crank, brother, cold crank. <laughs> and, and that was his message. Yeah. Because it's a, one of the challenges and probably the worst tool in your toolbox is the right wrong game. Yeah. You know, you want to be right. Yeah. And if you're going to be right, you're going to make somebody else wrong. Yeah. Then how does that land on the other side? Right. Right. So, you know, what's so important that I have to say that I can't listen? Well, we're seeing that in spades out here. I mean, you spoke uh, in an earlier conversation about, you know, there's no dialogue right now. Like we can't even have a sane uh, listening to each side conversation about the direction that we're going right now as a nation. I mean, it's like there's no national dialogue without the feeling and the triggers and the, you know, he's an asshole and, you know, all the you know, everything. And it's just no, everything's positional and ego. And there's, I don't hear a lot of listening when it's what we really need right now. If there's ever going to be bridges built between camps or, you know, if we're ever going to figure out what we're doing, we got to get a stop with this like reactive, they're the problem. And I don't even want to listen to anything they have to say, you know, it's just like, it's, it's bad. It's problematic on both sides or across the spectrum, I guess would be one way of saying it. Well, look, people come into this world and they learn as they go. Mm-hmm. And my parents taught me how to be. And people would say, oh, you're just like your father. Or they might say, oh, you're just like your father. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. Yep. Right. Yep. So look, you know, things come downhill. And for you to get out of your own way, you have to want to look. Yeah. And if you want to be a sheep and just go about life, that, that, that's fine. You know, I live in my white privileged world and I could very easily not have to look. But right. I chose I chose to look. I chose to be a human being. Exactly. And I think our intellects have gone to mush with constant selfies, looking at your cell phone, mm-hmm. watching the news and and, and getting involved in opinion. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, back in my day, Walter Cronkite was the guy on the news. Yep. And when Walter Cronkite spoke, you were getting facts. Exactly. Now, when I read things, I, I want to see who wrote it. And then mm-hmm. I want to go back and check them out. And then I want to see what their sources are. Totally. 
And, you, have, I mean, you have to, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I mean, there's been so much conflict and strife in the world about um, the pandemic and the elections and yeah. Yeah. monetary policy. It, it, it's a little frightening because, yeah. you know, you can go into agreement and do nothing um, or you can go against it and then still feel helpless. Totally. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, how are you, you going to shift? I know. And, I know. And, and we have a gathering coming up on uh, on June 5th. Uh, to get men out, back into conversation, Good. back into understanding mm-hmm. and listening, and it's not so easy. Right, right. Yeah, you you were you were talking about wounds. You mentioned wounds of the ancestors. I like I like that as a phrase. I don't know where you took it from. It was from that that doctor you were quoting earlier. But what what does that mean to you? Like what what are what are wounds of the ancestors, and and how do we go about? Uh, taking a healing path to wounds of the ancestors. I find this in a lot of my coaching clients. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, oh, you're just like your father. And yeah. So, uh, so the so the question this is just rhetorical. If I asked you, what is one thing about your mother or your father that you said, I never want to be that way? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Then go up a level, like you know, split it out. You know, yep. ask, ask the question to your mother, you know, what is one thing about your mother or father? And then ask your father, what is one thing about his mother or father? Mm-hmm. And you can go right up your lineage and find out why you are as you are. Mm. And, and it will either be it, it will either be in agreement or polar. So right. my father, uh, he was the guy that set the boundaries with anger. And he was he was frustrated. He would come home. Three kids would come at him. And when he screamed, it was like freeze tag. <laughs> I yep. mean, everybody would stop in their tracks. Yeah. So for me, with anger, my father, 10, Hiroshima, zero is dead. Where is Glenn in that spectrum? Yep. So if I am in the one, twos or threes, my anger is not accessible which yep. means I can't set boundaries. Right. Yep. Right. That's the warrior quadrant, you yep. know, to step up and speak up for myself. And people get into these messages of uh, you're not worthy or you're not good enough. And then you end up stuck in this paradigm. So if you can uh, see the wounds of your ancestors, and some of it could be cultural, mm-hmm. and get out that big uh, cosmic bolt cutter and cut the link off that chain. You free yourself and you free them all. Exactly. That's beautiful. Well said. You know, I, I, I had a little bit of that when I went, I got sober nine years ago because I had alcoholism in my family and I could feel when I kind of rounded the corner on my sobriety, I could feel my late grandmother and grandfather who were both alcoholics. I could feel them sort of take a big breath of air. You know what I mean? Like, like the, it, it, it wasn't just for my health and my, my relationship and for my son who was going to grow up and either see me boozing or not, but I could feel surprisingly, I could feel their presence of that. I had tackled something that eluded them. Um, it's something that they couldn't quite figure out how to heal and that I was taking it on consciously made a huge difference to my ancestors. And I could feel that. I still feel that to this day. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, I feel you. And that is, that's one area that I feel like I've kind of addressed and I'm really grateful to pull my ancestors into that healing because um, they, they weren't able quite to, to do that. You know, they didn't have the means or the, or the mindset or they were, there was just too much fear and an addiction, you know? Yeah, I, I give you a lot of credit for being a friend of Bill and finding uh, uh, AA and yeah. the men that I know that are, you know, sober 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. They're the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've they've figured it out. They realize that they don't have a lot of control over over uh, a lot of things. Yeah. And, you know, I think the message is let go, let God in, in that uh, in that work. And there's a line of grief that's connected to that. And uh, being able to grieve is not something that we teach real well. Right. So if you lost your dog when you were five, and then you had another piece of grief when you were 12, and then something else when you were 18 or 20, and you know, mm-hmm. then you lose a parent or whatever, and you haven't grieved that, yeah. and something happens, that whole string comes forward. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yep. you know, it's, a, it, it's important to to <laughs> to know how to grieve and, and to really get out of your head and into your heart to feel your way through some things. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you you had mentioned something uh, about, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, you brought him up in a, conver- a previous conversation and we spoke briefly about, you know, there's a, you see a lot of stuff in the you know, it's, it's, it's pretty widespread now in the, in the kind of self-development, self-help spiritual community, let's say, let's cast a big wide net around that community. Um, and you see a lot of, you know, this kind of ascension, uh, what is ascension, you know, uh, five, uh, 3d, which is, you know, consider the, the, the material realm here with all of its desires and all the things, all the structures here that we know well. And then, and then this kind of elevated to 5d and Dr. Joe talks a lot about elevating your emotions, elevating, elevating your thinking and feeling states. And he's got a whole system for doing that. Um, and I was happy to hear you bring that up because it's been, you know, a, a centerpiece the last 10 years or so for my wife and I, as we've explored, like, what is this? What are the qualities of this? How do we, how do we integrate, the, you know, this kind of elevated, these elevated states? How do we, how do we, uh, cultivate those in our house, in ourselves, in the world? And I guess I just wanted to ask you, like, what, what are some things that you like to do to sort of. I, I guess groove those neural pathways that are on the higher roads. I guess would be one way of saying it, right? Um, what What are kind of the, some of the techniques or approaches or or philosophies that you have around maybe this kind of whole five D three D ascension? Raise your frequency. There's a lot of these little catchphrases you see in memes, and they get passed all over social media. But um, there seems to be you know kind of this bedrock of truth, or or people are really. Uh, hanging they're 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 betting on it you know because they're, they're doing the work they're doing the inner work and it seems to be moving humanity in in an upward direction so i just wanted to give you a chance to address that tony the inner work is really a key to this you can sit down and get spiritual whatever that might look like for you mm-hmm. and by bypass the emotional work but you'll end up in the same place you were mm-hmm. and you know, you go down the road, it, it's going to take a longer time. So, you know, doing the deeper work, getting involved in, in your own intimacy 
and finding out what is in you uh, that blocks you or, or shifts you. And on the other side, it's, it, it is the world of meditation. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of resistance from, from my clients about meditating. I, I usually start every coaching session with a meditation. And, and and when I'm working with groups, because it changes the entire vibration in the room and these words vibration, you know, it's thrown around a lot. People think Mm -hmm. you're a kook, right? (laughs) So, you know, you go down to a Dr. Joe Dispenza event and you sit with him for a week and your head spins around because you're, you are getting, when you get to the fourth dimensional world, you're getting into the place where. Uh, there's a lot of synchronicity. My friend, Dr. Uh, uh, Ken Harris wrote a book on synchronicity mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and he, he talks about the magic and the mystery and the meaning of that. And to get to that, you need to slow down. Yep. I agree. So, so it, it's a deeper listening and that's where, where, where we are all connected. That's where, um, you know, life uh, meets uh, spirit. You know, thoughts can shift quickly in that reality. Yeah, uh, and then when you start to go past there, and this is the thing with with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, it's really the vibrational healing, like getting up into the five D. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, getting that pineal gland vibrating, so you go into the outer realms. And you know, I, I I'm, I'm I'm a skeptic. You know, I was the last guy to get a color TV and a microwave, <laughs> and you know, I go down to this thing and. You know, I'm I'm standing there on Thursday after being in these meditations for four days, and there's a woman carrying around an oxygen tank with a mask on. Yeah, she picks it up and throws it in the garbage. Literally, wow. while I'm standing there, mask on. That's it. Wow. So you know, who who am I to you know to say anything? Uh, you know, it's it's like stuff happens. Yeah. No, and he's, he's a great he's a great teacher. I mean, he he he's making a huge impact uh leading those workshops and stuff. When you said spiritual bypass, Glenn, can you clarify that? Is that is that kind of like I'll tell you what I think it means and you can you can straighten me out or or fine tune it. So when you say spiritual bypass, are you saying like, oh, you know, I'm going in this elevated way? upward. I don't need to integrate any of the shadow stuff. I don't need to grieve. I don't need to deal with any of those wounds from my childhood or pain that's lurking around. I can just kind of shirk the work that I might do there and and bypass that and just head straight for the light and, and all's good kind of thing. Well, yeah. You know, it's, it's like, a, like an example would be uh, confession or going to church. Mm. So you confess, confess your sins, you're absolved. But then yeah. you're back there the next week. Right, like, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're still going to church. Yeah. And 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 then what? Yep. Right. So um, you want to take the high road. It doesn't mean you're not in shadow. And 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 you will see it. You start to look at uh, at people who are who are in a realm where they're a meditation teacher or some kind of spiritual guru mm-hmm. or whatever. And you know, next thing you find is that there's been some kind of indiscretion with that person right that's, that's really common right you see that a lot not for well, everybody but it's pretty widespread where you see like oh what was this guy doing you know it's like bad you know yeah you know it's like you look up to people and then you know next thing you know there's uh, some kind of king killing and uh you're bringing somebody down to uh down to humility yep 
You know, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's about, uh, it's about your values and your beliefs and how you want to walk through this world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you get up into the fourth dimension, we're all connected. So, you know, do you want to get violent with me? Well, you know, that goes around. It's a vibration. You know, one thing hits the next thing. So it really does disturb the field. And uh, you can feel that when you are uh, watching the news and something violent comes on the news mm-hmm. and you feel yourself gasp. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, you know, because for me, there is, it's such a great time to be alive right now. Yes. Yes, there's a lot. It's kind of a shit show out in the politics and all that. And all these old 3D structures are teetering, which is fine. Um, But I find that there is magic afoot. There's kind of transformation afoot. You know, you mentioned the quantum field. And I'm seeing a lot of stuff about that, not just Joe Dispenza, but I'm seeing it across the board, lots of referencing the quantum, the quantum field, quantum financial, like all these different things where everything's interconnected. And I feel like I'm watching and witnessing and participating in the birth of something new and, and, and doing my part to help. And I just, I find it to be incredibly inspiring right now, even though there's some stuff that happens that just scares the shit out of me, you know, where I'm like, oh my God, what's, what's going to happen next? But I'm very excited. I don't know. I don't know how you're feeling, but I, I feel even, even during all that COVID BS and all the lies and deception around that. I was like, you know, I think people are starting to see through this. I th- I think this is part of the the hero's journey that we're starting to go, uh-uh, we're not buying, you know, and I know my wife would be like, you know, what about all the people wearing masks in their car by themselves? I'm like, yeah, sure, there's those people. But I go, you know, you got to take a meta view. I think it's, I think things are moving in a very interesting direction right now. Well, it, it, it's complex and it's yeah. complicated. There are things that, you know, you and I as laymen, we're never going to know about right. you know, what the, the inner workings of things. Yep. Uh, but this morning I went for my annual blood work and the phlebotomist and I, who I've known, she's been there for years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she was talking about the vaccine and um, and she said, I am not getting another vaccine unless mm-hmm. God tells me to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and here's a woman that's, you know, in healthcare. Totally. She's She's done. Yep. Yep. Right. And I think a lot of people have gotten tired of the whole thing. They're exhausted. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. you know, now COVID's, you know, it's on the rise again in New York yep. uh, and, you know, the metro metropolitan area. But I had COVID a month ago. You know, I've remained unvaccinated. Yep. yep. Um, you know, I went and got the monoclonal antibodies. I had one bad day. And then it was, you know, regaining my energy over a couple of weeks. But, you know, I'm still alive. And so it's going to be another variant and another scare. And, and, and that's, that's the end of us, the fear. The, if you're in fear and that cortisol is pumping through your body, you're in that freeze, fight, flight. Yep. That eats away at your immune system. 
Absolutely. I mean, I want to get loved up. You know, I want to get yeah. hugged and kissed. Yeah. And, you know, I want the oxytocin to rise. That's right. That's right. I want the feel good hormones. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. You know, uh, you know, you have a executive coaching program and I wanted to give you a chance just to talk about that briefly. What what kinds of men do you coach? What do they come in there for? What do you like to work on with them? Uh, and a little bit about your approach. Uh, yeah, what's what? What do you got going on that 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 men might find interesting right now? Well, most of the executives that I'm working with are embracing vulnerability, mm-hmm. and I'm working with one team that the president of this company he he will stand there and take the feedback. He'll push back when he feels it's it's not right, but he'll take the hard hits, mm-hmm. and his executive team will do anything for him. Yep. Because he's he, he's he's authentic in who he is. Mm-hmm. So the the work that I do it, it's varied. I work with couples from time to time. I help them uh, help them listen better, at, you know, at the end of the day. And then it's your language. You know, you hear people will talk and say la da 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 da. But and when somebody says but that pretty much negates everything in the sentence before. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Right. So can you go da, 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 and yeah, which would incorporate what that is. So, so my practice is varied. I, I work with uh, people in higher education. Uh, I work, I, I do a lot of work in family businesses, uh, especially in transitions from parents to children and really help to flush out all of those childhood wounds that are in both generations. Sure. Because, because back to the ancestral thing, you yep. know, it all it all goes downhill. And I do it in a very matter-of-fact way. It's not right, wrong, good, or bad. Let's hear what's going on. Let's understand it. And, and I'll, I need to know, are you willing to do whatever it takes to get what you came here to get? Right, that's great. Well, it sounds like you're using all of your experience from all of the years of leading groups and leading trainings and stuff and bringing it all to bear in specific ways with your coaching. Um, man, that's, those guys are lucky to be having you as a, as a, as a consigliere. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, Glenn, thanks so much for coming on base camp for men. It's always great to talk to you. I've been meaning to have you on for a while and we finally got, you sent me a text message and we got connected and this has just been a great episode. Let's do another one. Uh, later this year as some things unfold. I think there'll be lots to talk about, lots of interesting shadow stuff, 3D, 5D stuff as we as we work through this transition. I, I'll be interested to hear your your input. But thanks so much for coming on and sharing your, your insight and wisdoms and giving us your time today. Really appreciate it, Glenn. I am so grateful to know you and to be here and to have a piece of your audience's ear. And hopefully somebody got help from something that we said. Beautiful. Thanks, Glenn. Bye, Tony. Well, I hope you enjoyed our time with Glenn Gordon. I like many of the things that he talked about, but one thing in particular that I wanted to highlight, he talked about how we tend to give too many opinions and consequently don't listen all that well. These two aspects go hand in hand, it seems. So for me, I talked about how deep listening is at the edge of my development as a man. I know I can do better and I'm working on it. But the flip side of that or the other side of the coin is how do I refrain from constantly giving my cherished opinions? Really, are they helping? Usually not. 
My experiment for myself and my invitation to you is this. Let's work on our deep listening together and collectively and individually cut our opinions in half. What sort of world would that create? What would be there in the world without the flood of opinions which are always laden with judgments and projections and always separates us and puts others in a negative context? Men, I think we can do better. Aho. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.